Hello and welcome to uh, the Intellectual Property po- Podcast. We're, where have you been? We've been uh, we've been waiting for you. Um, so if you're listening to this, you've successfully downloaded um, a podcast from the IPO. Who we are, the Intellectual Property Office, are the government agency responsible for protecting intellectual property in the UK. That falls into sort of four main categories: patents for your inventions. Um, designs for the appearance of goods, copyright for your artistic and creative works. And the one we're going to be covering today is trademarks, which is for your brand, your logo, your name, etc. So um, if you want to visit our website, it's uh, www.gov.uk forward slash IPO. Lots of useful information on there. And I'm delighted uh, today to be joined by my colleague, Mike Carter, who works in our trademarks department. So I'll just introduce Mike. Mike, do you like to introduce yourself, say uh, what you do and uh, what your responsibilities are in the office? Okay, so I am a team manager in the trademark examination section. So I manage a team of uh, lovely trademark examiners. And these people basically day to day, what they do is they decide on the acceptability of applications for trademarks. Okay, great. How, how many in your team? Uh, in my team, there's 12, but overall we have around, now we've, we've got about 90 examiners at right, the moment. Okay. We've just taken on some new examiners because demands for trademarks uh, continue to increase. And we dealt with a record number of, I think, 55,000 applications last year. Absolutely. So um, demand is there. So we are uh, employing more trademark examiners as it currently stands. Brilliant. Thanks, Mike. Uh, sorry, I forgot to catch into myself. My, my name's Gary Townley. I work in the business outreach team. Uh, and my role is actually going around the UK to spread awareness of IP to help businesses protect the unique uh, things they're coming up with, be it an invention, a trademark, etc., etc. So um, when we do go out, uh, probably I would say the most common questions we get are on trademarks. Um, so I think we'll quickly start with the first thing. Then, Mike, what is a trademark? Um, the law states that a trademark can be anywhere. The law currently states that a trademark can be anything that is graphically represented. Um, now, normally, 90% of trademarks, I would say, are probably your words, logos, as you mentioned, Gary, um, a combination of both. Um, they can be uh, sounds, although we don't get many of those. And I'm not saying that everyone should go out and start applying for trademarks as sounds because they are a little bit difficult to to um to examine and accept um but yeah the, the most trademarks that we get are, are, are the words and the logo so we, the, what we're looking for there is, is is it a brand essentially you know that the best sort of trademarks we always say are the made up words coca-colas kodaks pepsis right. very strong brands um very strong names because they made up words um but then again you could you could add a logo with that um we'll touch a bit later on what is acceptable and what's okay. not i suppose but, um, yeah, uh, nine times out of ten, a trademark would be a word or logo, a combination of both of those. Okay, so it can be your business name, simply your business, business name, name, or, or your name in your product. Yeah, your new product you've come up with. Um, like I said, it technically could be your, your jingle. Uh, technically, it can be a colour. Um, so so lots say, of things can be registered, yes, whether you would want to or not. Yeah. Business decision, business really, decision isn't it? It's down to you. Um, okay. Again, like I, I wouldn't say that if someone was to go out and say, all right, I want to register my, my brand, it's synonymous with the colour purple, if we say. Um, I want to go and register that. Technically, you could. You could register the colour purple. It'd have to be a very particular shade of that colour. Yeah. Um, but as we all know, Cadbury's purple um, was registered trademark. There's a bit of a legal issue going on there at the moment. Yeah. But with someone like that, they'd have to prove that over time they've become distinctive and it, it, that people know them, that that colour relates to their brand, um, which is a very involving process. It's not a case of them simply applying and us going, oh, that's Cadbury's, everyone knows it's Cadbury's. It's a case of them proving to us that people know that, yes, this colour is synonymous with okay. them. So it, it can be a multitude of things. So, so I come up with my brand. Um, what, what's the first thing? Can I, can I search to see what's there? 
Yes. Uh, so if you go on the IPO website, um, if you go on the government website, www.gov.uk forward slash IPO, um, there is a function on there where you can search for earlier trademarks. Um, you have to search by class. When you apply for a trademark, you don't get protection for everything. You don't just say, right, I want this brand, therefore, and I just have it for everything. If it gets okay. accepted, you have to tell us what you want, the goods and services um, that, that you do. So um, there's one to 45 classes. Um, if you do a search for a trademark, you'll have to pick what class you want to search in. So it might be better if you were going to do a search for a trademark that you search a bit about classes first because there's another section on the website which talks about classes. Right, okay. So you'd have to know what class you were in first. Um, and like I say, there's one to 45 classes and they basically encompass everything you can think of in the world. Okay. One to 34, your goods classes. So off the top of my head, uh, class nine is like computer software, computer hardware. Some of the classes are a bit weird. Some of them, they... they they lump a lot of things in. Yeah. So class nine is computer hardware, computer software. We try and keep them quite similar, but class nine also has fire extinguishers and sunglasses in. Yeah. Um, class 16, for example, is probably more along the lines of your paper, goods, cardboard materials, um, writing implements, things like that. That's quite quite similar. Class 25 is purely clothing. So right. that one's not one that has loads of weird random stuff in so it. So they're quite broad classes. They're quite broad, yeah. yeah and we so do, so we do, do we give advice on that? If, if somebody wanted to know which class their particular product or service fell into, yes. could, could they ring us up and say, I'm, I'm in window cleaning, yep. where, where would my yep. trademark fit? So you could ring us up and ask our dedicated classification team or you can email um, the TMD classification inquiry email, which is on the website as well. You could go that route. Okay. Um, if you are on the route of applying, um, what you do is you don't need to necessarily ring us up and find out. If you are applying for the trademark, when you go through the process, there is a bit about classification and you can type in what you do. And All right, and it'll give you a, a, a list of things, yeah. a list of classes where that potentially might fit. Yeah, you could do it that way or you okay. can pick from a pre-approved list. Um, so if you typed in like, I don't know, biscuits, you could find biscuits, but you might be doing biscuit makers, which is a different class to biscuits. Yep. So then you have to choose the two classes, which is the one. But yeah, if you typed in like a sort of a general term, it will bring back all the classes that that yep. term is in, then you could select it. Okay. Um, but yeah, so you have to choose what classes you're in. But when you're doing your search, it's important to select what classes you're in and any classes that are around what you're in as well. So right. if you're doing clothing, you might want to search in bags class as well because yeah. class uh, bags is a different class of clothing right. because they're different things. Clothing is to keep you warm and keep you um, unexposed to people. Yeah. Bags is technically to hold something, but obviously they are also used in fashion, so they're sold in the same yeah. retail outlets. Yeah. So therefore, you might want to search clothing. You'd have to search bags as well because in trade, they're in the same sort of area, even though they're right. in different classes. Okay. Um, I say when, when I go about a lot. There's a lot of confusion about uh, company name and trademark. Yeah. Um, but if you listen to our last podcast, which is on company company registration, so uh, refer back to our last podcast if you've got a query there. Another common question we get asked is, is it going to be expensive to do? So what, what's the sort of cost when we're looking at registering trademark? Um, so, I mean, yeah, it, it, for some people it's expensive. For other people it's not, I suppose. Um, it's basically, if you do it online, it's £170 pounds for okay. one class. So you're applying for your trademark and you'll get one class within that, as we just talked about. Um, for every class you want to add addition to that is £50. Yep. So if you want to add a lot of classes, then yes, it's going to be quite expensive. So if you do a lot of things, then it's going to be more expensive. If you only do one class and you don't have to pay by term, so it's not saying, right, okay, well, I do jeans and I do T-shirts. Have I got to spend more money because I do two different things? Yep. No, you can do everything in class, 60, uh, class 25, say, so yep. all the clothing stuff. Clothing, footwear, headgear, you could say that. You'd be covered for all those things in that class. Okay, but as, as you said before, 
when you are applying, it's worth thinking of where your business may be going. Yeah. So if you're doing clothing and you say you, you might want to make bags, yeah. then it's worth registering in the extra class yeah. for the extra £50 pounds exactly. at that time. Exactly. Otherwise, you have to reapply at a later yeah. date. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, um, so, so yeah, it, it depends on, on, on the cost. I mean, we, we have a number of options at the moment. So we've got the, um, the, the standard sort of application. Technically, it's £200 if you do it by post. But we like to incentivize and get people to do it online because yep. it's easier for them, it's easier for us. So that comes with a £30 discount. So it's £170, but every class on top of that is £50, as I say. And we do have, um, obviously in the IPO, we're, we're quite keen to help out you know, the small, medium enterprises and, and the businesses, the one-man bands, etc. We do have this uh, option, which is called Right Start as well, mm-hmm. which is where if you file your application, you pay half the fee up front, which is £100, say, one class. You don't get the £30 discount, however. So you're okay. paying the £100. So you lose, that. You lose yeah. that. But you're only paying half the fee up front, £100. You get the report, and then you can decide then if you not you want to proceed. Okay. So we may object to a mark, in which case you know you, you, you think, yeah. okay, I've lost £100, but then you can ring the examiner. We don't have any sort of call centre things or anything like that, the examiner's number is directly on the page. So if you if you call that number, you will get through straight to the examiner. You don't go through um, any sort of switchboard or anything like that. You can have a discussion with the examiner. What did I do wrong? Unfortunately, you can't amend your mark. So if you it is objectionable, then you will, will lose that money, unfortunately. Yep. But this is why this is quite an attractive option for people who might not know what they're doing that well. You only pay half the fee, so you've only yep. lost half of it if we do object. But you can talk to the examiner, say, what did I do wrong? How can I overcome this in future? And we'll give as much, you know, we'll, we'll try and advise on what we look for in acceptable trademarks. So if you want to file again, you know what you're doing yeah. the next time. So for £100, basically, you're having an exam, a full examination done. Yeah. And on yeah. the basis of that, you can decide whether to proceed or exactly. not. If exactly. you want to proceed, you just you pay the balance. Yes, yep. you would pay the balance. And if you don't want to proceed, obviously, you've lost your £100, but your, your application goes no further. Yeah, it doesn't go any further, but you can obviously, like I say, you can talk to the examiner and find out what you did wrong and get a bit more information from us about right. what what you can do next time to make sure that the, the mark is acceptable. Okay. So £170 if you do it yourself. Yes. Um, now, a lot of people would find this quite legal. Yeah. So would potentially use an attorney. Do you have to use an attorney? Um, you, you don't have to use an attorney. Um, you certainly can, and, and, and a lot of people certainly do, um, because like you say, Gary, it's a bit of a minefield sometimes of the legal, yeah. the legal side of things. Um but we try and give as much information as we can on the website. We've got a, um, a Century Inquiries unit uh, in the office, and they deal with all the sorts of things you mentioned earlier, the patents, the trademarks, the copyright. You know, So if people are a bit unsure when they're going through the process, they can always ring those and get a inf- okay. bit of information from them. Not legally trained, so we can't give legal advice like an attorney would, um, but you certainly don't need to use an attorney. Okay. I think where an attorney might be helpful is if we object to a mark, then they have obviously got a lot more experience in knowing how to argue with us and to say, right, well, you've objected, but we think based on this case law or our own opinion that this mark is actually acceptable um, and tell us why they think that is. Um, Or we may obviously find an earlier mark when we do our search. So we search the register. I mean, two main facets of examination, I would say, is the mark acceptable? We accept distinctive trademarks. They have to be distinctive. Um, We can't accept descriptive terms. And again, this is where this sort of classification thing comes into it again. Um, if you apply for the word soap, for a bar of soap, um, in class three, I think, cosmetics. I've been doing this job a long time, as you can tell. I know the classes, like, you know, 145. Um, then we would object because you're applying for a descriptive word on yeah. a product that it is. Soap is what it is. It's for soap. If you apply for the word soap and it's for computer software, then it's probably completely fine. So we're always assessing the mark in relation to the goods and services that that they've come in for. If I'm jumping ahead a bit, I apologise. No, no, no. (laughs) Um, So an attorney might uh, 
argue the case that this mark that they've, they've come in for is not actually descriptive in that class or it's uh, elusive of the product, doesn't actually describe it. Um, they might argue that, okay, they've got a descriptive word, but the logo that accompanies it makes it the whole distinctive. Um, we have a number of discussions in trademarks, you know, we ha might have a really descriptive word, in which case people think, oh, we have to, we have to object to that. But if you've got a distinctive logo, um, you know, elephant wearing a tutu, or yeah, draw yeah, off on yeah. a bicycle, whatever you want, right? Yeah. Um, then that can, can render carry the, the, can carry yeah. the, the mark, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So um, these are all things that are mentioned on the website as well. But um, going back to the point, yeah, an attorney might argue that, well, this this is this, this pig on a tutu is distinctive, obviously. Yeah. Mr. Carter, what are you saying? Or something like that. Um, and that certainly can happen. The other side of it is if we find an earlier mark on the system. Now, a lot of people uh, think that if we find an earlier trademark that is similar to theirs or identical, that they can't proceed with, with their mark. That used to be the case, um, but we changed practice in quite, quite some time ago now, October 2007, I think. Um, whereas now what we do is we notify earlier people. So if we find an earlier mark, it's not going to say you can't go forward, we found this earlier mark. What we're saying is we found an earlier mark. If you want to proceed, then you can, but we will write to these earlier people if they're UK file tribe marks, and we will, uh, we, well, it's up to them then to, to notify you if they're feeling of opposing you. Yeah. So that's another aspect when an attorney might be useful is if you think, right, well, my mark, they've identified this mark, I'm getting opposed, um, but I, you know, my attorney can argue that, well, they're in a different area of trade than I am. Yep. Might be in the same class, but they do different things. Um, you know that, that sort of thing. So that's when an attorney could be helpful. But yeah. in the initial stages, we try and make it as easy as possible for okay. people to apply it as it as it currently stands. Okay. Uh, an attorney available through Sitmar, as they Sitmar are now. now yeah. uh, I think it's sitmar.org.uk mm -hmm. if you want to yeah. uh, approach an attorney. They'll have a drop-down menu with, um, you put your postcode in, and it will tell you a list of attorneys in your region. Go and have a quick word with them. Generally, most attorneys will give you at least half an hour free consul consultation before you pay any money. So get advice uh, before you file. So £170 to file for one mark. Um, we've mentioned the right start if you want to halve that for, for, uh, for, for £100. Uh, how long does the process take generally? Um, well, the UK office is one of the fastest offices in the world. Um, normally, well, as it currently stands, um, the exams have done a really good job and over the Christmas period. And normally we see like sort of day slipping sometimes, but we're, we're right up to date. If you file your application today, you would get your report within five to seven working days. Oh. Um, which is you know which 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 is fantastic. Yeah, I, I usually say nine, so obviously that's come down. that's quicker than yeah. I actually say yeah. when I go yeah. and do uh, events. So and we do our best good. to try and keep it around yeah. that level now. And again, this is why we're recruiting more people because you know we want to get the public their reports as soon as possible. Um, and yeah, I mean doing it within that time. You know, some countries take take months. You know. Um, five to, to, to ten days I would say but usually at the moment it's around five to seven yeah. so we're doing really well so it doesn't take that long um, after that though um, you get your report depending on what's in the report um, if it's acceptable then it'll go straight through to what's known as publication mm -hmm. this is then uh, published in the the trademark is then published in the journal so this is where people can sort of review trademarks other people we do a search of trademarks as I say but there might be a company out there that think right well we, we might not think oh that trademark isn't similar, but there's a company out there that might think, oh, this is actually really similar to mine. So the, the, it's then in the journal for two months, which is what's known as the opposition period. So um, this is where these third parties can sort of say, we yeah. don't think you should go forward with this mark. They can oppose you, in which case you might have to fight an opposition if you want. Yeah. Um, you can withdraw the mark at any stage, though. Um, so if you are opposed and you think, well, I don't want to take on this big, massive company or wherever it might be, you can always withdraw your trademark. Um but all, all being well, I mean, if you were to say to me, I've got an acceptable trademark, I filed for it today, then all being well, you would get your registration certificate in your hand about 
two and a half months. Two and a half to three months. I, mean, yeah, that's, I always say that. but around yeah. three months, so that, that's great. Yeah, that's about right. So, so explain the process. So that's that's UK. So mm-hmm. I've, I've sort of registered my UK mark. Can I then extend that abroad? Um, so you can. Um, you can file to the World Intellectual Property Office um, and use your UK mark as a base to file in other countries. Okay. Um, the, the countries that there are a select number of countries there are quite a few on there but they're only people that have signed up to certain uh, treaties etc but if you go onto the um wiper website www.w lot of w too many www.wipo. wipo wipo yeah yeah dot com yeah we don't own the website um then you can go on there, you can select the countries that you want to extend the protection into. Okay. Um, and you can sort of pick and choose. So you could say, uh, yeah, USA, you could say China, yeah. I think North Korea is on there if you want to go there. Um, you know, so you, you, you can do what you want. Yeah. Um, the other side of it is um, obviously some people, they want to get just European protection. Yeah. So they can file the EU IPO. Um, that's obviously a lot more costly than just found in the UK because you're getting a European sort of wide protection. Um, at the moment, it stands for the UK, but at going moment, forward, yep. going forward, obviously it, it may not. I don't think it will. Um, That's going to be addressed in the future. Yes. So <laughs> we will see about that. But yeah, if you want to file the EU IPO, then that will give you country uh, protection for all the European states. I think it's around 900 euros. 850 euros in, for one mark yeah. in, in one class. Exactly. exactly the same yeah. sort of system as ours. Yeah. So class system, those 45 classes, yeah. 850 euros for one class. But that does cover the whole of all, of your, all 28 countries yeah, as it stands it at does. the moment. The only issue with it, though, is that if you file through the WIPO system, you pick and choose individual countries. So they, they examine the market under their own laws yeah. um, and if it's out in in china it might be okay in the usa if you find the eu ipo if you file for a, if you file for like a german word in the uk if, if it's not a word that is well known then we can normally accept it even, yeah. if, even if it's for a product that is quite descriptive but if it's something that the uk consumer language, would yeah. know it's fine yeah. but in the eu ipo if you file for a word and it's not acceptable in germany but it's acceptable in all the other countries unfortunately with it being out in one member state, it then falls away in all the member states. So you would have lost the money, yep. but only because it failed in one country. Yeah. So that's something to be aware of if you do file the UIPO. Okay, yep. Uh, now, you've worked there for a little bit of time these days. Mm. Um, what sort of common mistakes that you would find that people, uh, uh, when, when applying? Um, I suppose the one of the main ones is um, obviously that people think that you know this this is my brand this is what I do it's but it describes what they do yeah. so if it's like you know I am the best window cleaner in Cardiff something like that right if you you might think you are and that's great I'm sure you are but if you file for that mark it might be that no one else is using it and you genuinely think you are the best window cleaner in Cardiff <laughs> but if you file for that mark unfortunately we're going to say well it's promotional it doesn't necessarily have to describe if you, even if if it promotes yeah. even then um, we have to say no because yeah. what we're looking for in examination is is we're looking for a distinctive element as I say and there's nothing distinctive in the phrase I am the best window cleaner in Cardiff it's simply saying that you are one of many but you think you're the best yeah. whereas if it was Gary Townley's Michael Carter's best window cleaner in Cardiff <laughs> Then that it works. adds a distinct element to so it, it, doesn't it, it, it yeah. it's, it's things like that. So not just descriptive things, but people need to be aware of, but the, uh, non-distinctive things, promotional things, offensive things we have to be very careful of. Yeah. I, was, um, I was just about to say, unacceptable marks, obviously we, we yeah. probably get a few of those every week coming in, don't we? Yeah, 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 no, th- th- there's many. So we try and provide as much help as we can on the website, but, you know, unfortunately people are going to sometimes think that, you know, they're very protective of their brand, which is understandable. 
but you know, they will, we will file for something that is unfortunately non-distinctive. You know, if, if you yeah. file for a simple geometric shape like a circle or something, probably not going to be accepted because how are we going to distinguish that from somebody else? If you if you saw that on an item of clothing or, or any sort of uh, good or service, would you give that trademark significance? Would you remember it two weeks later if you saw the same thing or do you just think, oh, that's that bit of nice packaging or something like that? Whereas if I say the aforementioned pig in a tutu again, you probably would remember that on a bag or fire extinguisher or yeah. sunglasses so therefore they would work so 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 you know so talk about mistakes those, those sort of things um, and people obviously file in the wrong class that that's another yeah. thing you know what i mean um and again that's that's where your trademark attorney comes in yeah, because he can yeah. give you the best advice as to which exactly, class is exactly. your, your product so th that's uh, one thing that, that people do and the other thing that that people um a, a mistake i would say i suppose if you class it as a mistake is that they will um get the examination report, which unfortunately says that your trademark is unacceptable. And then they will ring up and they will say, oh, that's fine. Well, I have got a logo and I'd like to add it to my, my yeah. application now. Um, unfortunately, you can't do that. The law states that as soon as a trademark has been filed, you can't make any changes to it. Yeah. So unfortunately, a lot of people will think, well, okay, they've given me a bit of advice now. Now I can change my trademark. Unfortunately, no, you can't actually amend it can't after it's been anything. filed. We yeah. can give you as much advice as we can on the phone for if you want to do it again, but there's no refund or anything like that. Unfortunately, you've paid for the examination. We've done the examination, and therefore um, don't get your money back. You won't get your money yep. back. No so again, right start possibly. Yeah, yeah exactly. A good right way start, forward yeah. if you've got that. Yeah, and obviously we can't amend classes either. So as Gary said earlier, if you think, oh, all right, well I'm doing clothing, and then three years later you think, oh, I'm going to go into bags now, and you think oh, I'm going to add bags to my application, yeah. you can't do it because it's already gone through that opposition process. People have had the chance to oppose your mark, and they haven't for what you came in for. So if you start adding things or changing things, they haven't had that opportunity. So that's legally why we can't change things can't after change it's been it. filed. Yeah. Um, a sort of question I've had this a few times when I've been out is a, is a misinterpretation of a series mark. Okay. Now people think I've I've got you know a red triangle, a green square, a mm. blue elephant, and, yeah. and that for me is my series yeah. which I use. So I'll apply for a series mark mm. of all those four things separately. Okay. Yeah. Now that's not what we mean by series, is it? No. So when you go through the application process, it will ask you, do you want to apply for a series? And what we mean by series is basically um, more than one mark on the application. So they'll be examined at the same time, but they have to be very, very similar. Um, unfortunately, a lot of people will, as you say, sort of think, right, well, I'm getting two for one year or, or something like that. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. They have to be, if, if for an acceptable series, you could say, right, I've got um, a mark in uppercase, I've got a mark in lowercase, exactly the same word, but you know, the, yeah. the same thing. You could potentially um, say, right, well, I've got, um, I want to register Hartley's Raspberry Jam and Hartley's Blackcurrant Jam. Different words, but if you come in for jam, then those things are totally non-distinct. So therefore, the mark is essentially Hartley still. Yeah. So they're sort of acceptable series. If you had um, a, a logo and it was in green and then you had it in red, but it looked exactly the same, that's normally okay. okay. But when we start thinking of what are the conceptual differences, like if someone applied for green mist and red mist. Red mist has a very conceptual identity. It means someone's very angry. Green mist doesn't really mean anything. Mm -hmm. Couldn't be an acceptable series and you've got different words in there as well. Um, words changing and things like that, obviously not acceptable series. Sometimes people file for completely different words because they think they're getting two for one. It's obviously not the case. Um, but yeah, so for a series, I would say that they have to be very, very similar. So you can apply for different colors usually, as long as it's the same shape. Um, if you add in matters of a non-distinctive nature, then that can, that can be okay as well. But if you can apply for a series, you can apply for um, two, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you can apply for your, your mark, plus one as a series, um, and you can apply for then um, up to six trademarks. But for every one after the second, it's £50 extra. Yeah. Right? So that's, that's series in a nutshell. Okay. 
Wait, thanks, man. <laughs> um, right, I think that's it. I think we've covered most things, isn't it? Anything um, you just want to highlight? or No, no? Um, I don't think so. Uh, thanks for having me. That, that's okay. Uh, thanks for listening in. Um, say, contact us uh, on our call centre, 0300 300 2000. Our website, www.gov.uk forward slash IPO. Uh, when you get to our website, lots of useful information. If you're interested in trademarks, Click on the trademark tab. You can search there to see what's happening. Um, search your mark, see if someone already has got it. Loads of useful information, as I say. Follow us on, obviously, Facebook, LinkedIn. We've got regular blogs. This is one of a series of podcasts, so please listen to the, the other ones. Uh, thank you for listening in, and thanks, Mike, again for your time. Thank you. Um, and we'll uh, catch you again next time. Thank you. Thank Bye-bye. You.